There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. A safe space for St. Louis to learn about soccer. This is Soccer 101 with Michelle Smallman and Moon Valjean. Welcome into Soccer 101, the safe place for St. Louis to learn about and talk about soccer. Michelle Smallman alongside Moon Valjean. And Moon, the day that we had circled on the calendar for over a year, it came, it went, it was better than expected. St. Louis City SC, their very first home match in history, out at City Park, a sellout crowd, 22,423 people showed up. And I think most of us were just wondering about what the experience was going to be like for the first home game. But then St. Louis City SC has a historic 3-1 to one win over Charlotte F- FC. It was an incredible night for St. Louis, an incredible night for soccer in the city. And I know you were there, Moon, so I just want to give you the floor. Tell me what that night was like. It was truly amazing. I don't mean to uh, sound uh, like I could be exaggerating because I assure you I am not. It was absolutely electric. The community experience that soccer is was purely represented by everybody there. I've always told all my hockey buddy friends or my baseball buddy friends that until you see a real soccer match, a real full, intensely supported soccer match, you're not going to understand what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, the energy, A, and B, the community. People from all different styles of walks of life and all that come together in a way with soccer that you just don't see typically in other sports. And wow, was it on display. I mean, you talk about everybody being friends especially right now you know this is a (laughs) this is a strange time to be alive a lot of arguments a lot of division if you will and there were just so many examples of everybody hugging and high-fiving and freaking out and just cheering and coming together in such an electrified atmosphere it was freaking magic it cannot be understated as far as the experience goes absolutely perfect experience Perfect. Everyone I talked to that I knew that I didn't know people that came up to me and said, are you moon from soccer one-on-one podcast, which is (laughs) wild. I mean, everybody had the same thing because I was asking, Hey, what do you think? How do you feel? Have you found anything that we could improve on any, every, every single thing, except for one person made mention of the line going into the merch. And that was before the game or during the half. Um, because the merch store inside the stadium is a little bit smaller, so they had a line going into it. Literally, other than that, I heard no no complaints, no food line complaints, no beer line complaints. Uh, as far as getting into the stadium, getting out of the stadium, it's exactly how it should be. Flawless, perfect, not delayed, just absolutely magically Hold off evening. Michelle, you seriously missed out. I was texting everybody that wasn't there that I I was about to cry. I actually said, oh. I think I might cry tonight. I got really emotional. I wasn't expecting that. And if you follow it along my journey as a soccer fan in St. Louis these last few years, every single time 
hope was there or or a ch- we had a chance of getting a team. People said, oh, aren't you excited about this? Aren't you excited? And I got my hopes up and dashed so many times that when we finally landed this and it was announced, people said, aren't you excited? And they wanted to get my take. And the same thing I said every time is I'm not going to allow myself to truly get excited until the whistle blows. And man, when it happened, me the people that were around me, and I went by myself, by the way. Uh, the oh, pe- wow. The people around me, everybody, we, we were all saying the same thing and holding each other, just saying, it's happening. It's really happening. Here we are. We've made it. Like, here we are. And Michelle, I'm not saying this because of showbiz, because I'm too tired for showbiz. I've been up for like 14 hours right now. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Well, I have to tell you, as someone that, had the television experience. First of all, I've never had more FOMO moon in my entire adult life. I was skiing out in Montana. I had the game pulled up. I I casted it on the Apple TV and the place we were staying. And I made everyone that was with me watch the game. And they, these are people who are not sports fans, right? They, yeah. They're not soccer fans. They're not sports fans. And even they were in awe by what they were witnessing, the environment at City oh, Park, yeah. the fans, the the stadium-wide TIFO just looked unbelievably beautiful. Oh, that was a surprise. That was so oh. cool. The that I I know you were in the thick of it, but I have to tell you the visuals on Apple TV from the broadcast were so unbelievably outstanding. It it just was from a visual perspective what I imagine any big soccer match to be like, it and was, to see everyone was. standing the entire time and cheering the entire time, it was just it, I could feel the energy through the television. It was so amazing, Michelle, and I'm so um, I'm so relieved. I know I, I'm I'm really I'm just so happy and I'm so relieved that everything I've been hyping up for years and years, decades to all my friends about the soccer experience as a fan and as a sport and and even like getting into the MLS these last couple of years in anticipation. Um, I'm going to be proven right. Like all, all of my friends that were there, you, you know what I'm saying? Like just just being vindicated because I had friends that were there that were not soccer fans before this. They were there because they're St. Louis people and they wanted to support the team. And they were saying, wow, this is this is an experience unlike any I had imagined. This is not like a Cardinal game. This is not like a Blues game. And this is, I'm not sliding them. Uh, this is just an apples and oranges sort of scenario. It's 90 minutes of continual standing, cheering. I hope you could hear through the TV how loud this yes. stadium was. 22,000 people is a lot of people, but it's no like 50 or 60 for like an NFL game. And I felt like it was louder than the NFL games I've been to. It was just freaking perfect. And I'm so <laughs> I'm so excited to be uh to, to have the opportunity to see my friends and family and everybody that I love here in St. Louis finally experience what I've been uh hoping to share in my life. And you know, I'm still a young man, so I get to do this um at, at this age. I'm just I'm I'm just so I'm ecstatic as a as a St. Louisan and as a soccer fan. This is perfect. One more thing that I want to touch on about St. Louis and this experience before we move on to the actual game and to some emails, Moon, is that I feel oftentimes like a crazy person when I talk about St. Louis and our St. Louis sports experience to people outside of St. Louis. You know, now yeah. I'm I'm doing a, a national show. I'm I'm 
interacting with people who are not familiar with our community and whether it's the Rams in St. Louis or how we show up for things or St. Louis being this basically the soccer capital of this country and what this experience is going to be like. I feel like people kind of brush me off or they think that I'm Harriet the Homer or whatever. And I was trying to explain to people, I'm like the 1950 World Cup team, five St. Louisans that started for the U.S. men's national yeah. team, Tim Ream, Taylor Twelman, Becky Sauerbrunn, Lori Kolopny, just to name a few, how, how rich the youth soccer experience is in St. Louis and how so many people like you and I grew up loving the game and what this was going to be like on top of the fact that we are a community that shows up for our own teams and shows up for any sporting events because we are the best sports city in the country. And I feel like I sing these praises and I make these points and I get dismissed a lot. And so for once again, St. Louis to show out on a national stage like that. I was just very, very proud of our community. And I just want to give another shout out to this ownership group for what they built. I just could not imagine this project being in the hands of anyone else and anyone doing a better job than the Taylor family did and the Kavanaugh's and all the people out at city. And I just, I feel like the number one fangirl of that organization because they have executed everything to perfection. Yeah. They nailed it spectacularly. I'll tell you that. And they weren't just sitting back, you know, and enjoying uh, all, all the praise. I saw them. I was in the media box for the second half. I didn't go up there in the first half because I knew I was going to get ejected because you can't, uh, <laughs> you, you can't cheer, you know, like it's like, a, oh, like I know a known, it's a known thing. And yeah, and I couldn't, I couldn't do that. And in the, second half actually when i was up there and klaus scored i uh i accidentally screamed and i clapped and boy i i really upset some people up there so um it's maybe not a safe zone for me yet i i need a bit more training as far as being quiet uh but i saw the ownership group i saw them i saw don garber i was there for the press conference with don garber at halftime and i saw them running around i mean they were busy they were really moving and shuffling and doing all they could to really be a part of this uh uh, of this game. So it was, um, it was really cool to see that firsthand, uh, behind the scenes. And I, and I will, I will second your emotion there that, that, uh, hip, hip hooray to our ownership group. Um, you want to get into the match a little bit? Uh, Absolutely. So okay. coach, Coach Carnell said that the result of the game was always going to be secondary to the experience of the first match at City Park. But the team delivered on and off the field, Moon, a historic 3-1 comeback win over Charlotte FC. I know you have some thoughts. Uh, you you gave a specific player an F grade last week, and he stepped up again in this game for a big moment. Um, I will just give you the floor again and let you give your thoughts to the game. Okay, well, if you want to start with Edward Leuven, I will. I, <laughs> w- watching him in person and and here's the greatest thing about soccer too is it's such a fast sport the camera's flying all over the place it's following the ball but when you get to see it in person you really get to watch these players and see uh what they're good at how their how their head is on a swivel what they're looking at what kind of space they can fill what kind of real speed uh they have and uh, you see some advantages and disadvantages that you wouldn't otherwise see right that's one of the beauty that's one of the beautiful things about watching soccer in person that's different than let's say baseball or something um and with Leuven, uh, number 10, he's a big, strong boy. And honestly, watching him, he has incredible skill with his feet. I just really hate the legs that are attached to him. I don't think – I'm serious. And, and, and I think, you know what, he is a tremendously talented player that can be a real asset. But, man, if he loses the ball in the way that he's losing the ball uh, – it's it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how much he gives versus how much 
we lose. Uh, and I don't mean losing the games because of him. I'm not putting any of that kind of stuff. He obviously got the the very first goal uh, with that PK. Spectacular shot. I was right behind the goal. I got it on film. I thought he missed oh, wow. it. it. It freaked me out. My heart dropped into my pelvis. Um, <laughs> But uh, he he hit it. It was a it was a perfect shot. Like I said, I think he has an incredible foot. He has an incredible foot. I just don't like the legs that are attached to him. I don't know if it's his fitness. I don't know if he's just a little clunky or sluggish. And I'm not, and I'm not saying those things to criticize. I know those are very harsh words. Um, I'm I'm really trying to be hopeful because I saw how good and how intimidating the the guys the guy's a big bruiser. He can knock people around. He's really good with that. But um, but when he gets it, if 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 he gets the ball and doesn't have more than two seconds, he loses the ball a lot, and and, and we have to demand more out of a a central number ten. Yeah, he, when he gets the ball and has time, he can put a great cross in. He can put the ball where he wants. Again, I I I don't mean to sound harsh against him because I really did see some skill uh, on that in that second match that I wouldn't have credited. Uh, uh, b- beforehand, I can see why he is a number ten. Um, but he worries me. I'm j- I'm just saying. I'm gonna be honest here. I'm saying he he worries me, and I think time will tell if he costs us more than he gives us. Um, but I I I hope he gets his I I hope he gets his legs, man, because he's he's got tremendously skilled feet. Well, you mentioned that penalty kick that put City ahead, that unbelievable ball, upper left-hand corner. He had the cross in the first game that led to a goal. He was named to the league's team of the match day two weeks in a row, Moon. He was the only player honored in both of the first two weeks. So I don't I I, I get it. Um I get it, but I I, I don't think it's deserved. I, I think it was a close match. It's not like we had like a standout in any other way. So as far as on paper, it, it's understandable why he seemed like a standout. I understand that. I'm saying I'm criticizing the guy. I'm after the guy because I like him and I like and I want to see him really deliver. I'm expecting a lot. So don't so don't take it wrong. I'm not slamming him. I'm saying, come on, man. If you're if you're gonna wear the number ten, if you're gonna carry the flag, if you're gonna be our central. A midfielder that's that's really it seems like the t- team is going to hinge on. You're going to have to stop losing the ball so much. Um, I was really confused as to why Klaus didn't take that that PK. Uh, maybe maybe he's just not as solid uh, with him or or as confident. Um, but either way, uh, tr- good job. I'm I'm really glad he got that goal. The Klaus goal was really exciting. Like I said, it was in the second half. Uh, so I got I got in trouble in the media box for cheering for that one. Um, Did they kick you out? Uh, no, but, uh, the guy next to me, I was, he, he, I was his least favorite person of the evening. That's that's for sure. And I I even stopped myself. I went, yeah. And I did one big clap and I went, oh my gosh, what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's Um, okay. I did that one time too. And it was, um, it was the Pat Maroon goal during the blues, uh, postseason run, a game six, I believe Western, I believe Western conference finals game six, uh, double overtime, Pat Maroon, Randy Carricker and I next to each other couldn't contain ourselves. So I've been there with you. Don't you worry. Um, We've all been there. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, a a couple other players, as far as I, it looked like they were playing like a four, four, two, they added somebody up there with uh, Klaus, which was, um, I was really happy to see that. I thought that was something we were missing as far as, uh, you know, obvious strategy on the first match and that Nico, uh, uh, Joe Akini, Dudes from Kansas City, mm-hmm. number eleven. Um, right off the bat, he he stuffed the keeper on uh, on a nice hustle. That dude's gonna make an enormous difference. Now, whether it's in an actual goal tally or or just 
getting Klaus some more space and putting pressure. Obviously, you know, we've been hearing about this uh, strategy of like, go, go, go fast, uh, counterattacking soccer. And man, their energy and the way they throw themselves at these attacks and and close down space and keep that pressure up, we are going to be an obnoxious team to play against. And it all kind of comes down to those number 11s that Joe Akini guy was really impressive. Again, he may not be super impressive as far as the stats go or the goal differences, but he's going to play a key role if they put him up there with Klaus in like a, 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 a left forward, right forward, or just a two striker sort of scenario. Because man, did he relieve some pressure for, uh, uh, on on Klaus and put so much pressure on the defense with his speed. I really liked that guy. Oh, I love him too. He was such an impact player in that game. You mentioned the turnover that he had that was part of the opportunity for Klaus. He had that um, early chance too in the beginning of the game. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He he was definitely an impact player and um, I'm with you. I can't wait to see what else he can do. But Moon, two games, two games you were worried about with this new team and two victories. We're undefeated. We're good. Yeah, I understand that, but don't forget there was two horrible defensive gaffes, actually three horrible defensive gaffes uh, that allowed us three very important goals in those two comeback wins. Please, let's not forget that. We're not going to get those kind of gifts. Now, with that being said, what I say before, the MLS is one of the most unpredictable leagues, and it's, it's, if you're looking for weaknesses and porous sort of parts of the field, it's MLS defenses. They seem to make goofs. I said that before the season started. I said, if we take advantage of these weak defenses, that's where you're going to find real difference makers. And what do you know? Three <laughs> defensive gaffes, three St. Louis City SC goals. It's going to matter. And that's one of the big things that I'm depending on Klaus and Joe Akini and those kind of guys with that speed. And Stroud, uh, I love his his spirit and his pressure. He was much more contained uh, on this match than the first match. Uh, I mean, we, we we could talk forever about these guys, but I was I was really impressed. A little bit let down on that on that uh, that first Charlotte goal um, by uh, by Parker and our other central back there. I thought they gave those guys a little too much space, but honestly, it was a spectacular goal as well. Um, so overall, B plus performance from from the team. <laughs> uh, I I think the D minus uh, performance from Charlotte's defense and. Um, Man, what a what a way to start it off. It was beautiful. <laughs> two games, two victories, six goals too. Happy to see City uh getting on the board offensively and I I understand that there were some gaffes, but good teams take advantage of those. Good teams find a way to win and so far so good for City and their their next game is on the 11th versus Portland. Yep, and the only other one I would be looking out for um, that was a little bit of a letdown as far as watching him live was uh, Jabulo Blom, uh, number six. He's a midfielder. He we we need to expect a lot of him. He's really really talented. He's got some speed, not a lot of size. He can he can get bodied off the ball a lot, but he can make himself a lot of trouble in that midfield. And I thought his his touches were a little lacking and his creativity was a little lacking as far as what we can see from him in the future. So he's, he's a, he's a player that was a little disappointing in match two, but I think has real capabilities. Um, actually a real good capabilities, a real good match to be, uh, in that central mid with, uh, Leuven and, and maybe kind of make up the difference between Leuven's lack of speed and, and, and quickness and Blom's lack of size and, and body strength. So that might be a good match there. I see, I see why the coach has everybody where they're at, and it's really fun to watch 
their strategies that they've been working on for months develop over just a few a, a few matches. So I'm excited for the Portland match. Me too. Well, Moon, should we get to some emails? We haven't done that in a couple of weeks and they've been piling up. Yeah, I'd love to start with a positive one, actually, that came over from Neil. Uh, this came over to uh, The Point in the Riz Show's uh, email and just said, hey, love the show, highly recommended for fans wanting to get into uh, St. Louis City SC and such. And I uh, love the fun facts about the teams, the players. Keep it up. Keep churning out more episodes. Having special guests from time to time would be fun. Also, is there a schedule when you plan on dropping new episodes? Is it going to be once a week or just random at this point? Well, thank you for the kind email, Neil. And Moon, we we try to balance both of our schedules and find the right time every week to drop it. But we hope to do it weekly moving forward. Yeah, weekly and probably within a day or two of uh, of match days so we can do a little review and a little preview of the next weeks. And I think we're going to do uh, a couple uh, common segments, just real simple ones like uh, the word of the day or the word of the week, if you will. Uh, because there's a lot of terms that are being thrown around that some people that are new to soccer and in, in St. Louis uh, may be not familiar with. You know, um, for instance, when I went back to watch a lot of the the replays uh, from the MLS Week match day two, I heard a couple common words in the soccer community that I know people are like, "What the hell is that supposed to mean?" Should we drop a word of the day, a word of the pod, right now? Yes, let's let's do so. I feel like we need a jingle or something to announce. It's time. I can't sing. You're the singer in here. It's time for the word of the week. The word (laughs) of the week. Word of the week. (laughs) Word of the week. Perfect. (laughs) So simple. Um, Okay. So I say we start with the word brace because I have a feeling we got some goal scorers on our team and you're going to hear, oh, he got himself a brace. What the heck would a brace be? Firstly, it comes off like something that would be bad. Like, oh, he hurt his knee. Now he just earned himself a brace. Or Or uh, brace for something bad. Right. Brace yourself, right? (laughs) No, a brace is actually a term. We all know what a hat trick is. That's three goals. A brace is actually two goals. So if a... uh, uh, a person has two goals in one match. They say he's got himself a brace. Now, where this, I think it comes from, it is an English hunting term, uh, mm. like a bird hunting term. And I think uh, they they sort of threw it over to soccer because, you know, people are hunting for goals and typically you don't get two goals in a match. So they're hunting for two goals. They're hunting for a brace. And uh, I'll have to look this up later. But what I always assumed, or at least for the last few years that I had, known that that was a an English hunting term, I associated it with like bird hunting and I haven't been bird hunting. Uh, but I would assume that like maybe if you got two ducks or two quail or two, you know, whatever birds you're, you're going for, maybe there's an actual physical brace that holds like two birds. Maybe, maybe that's where it came from. But either way, it is a hunting term from England and they say a brace uh, when a player scores two goals. So that is your word of the week. I am looking it up right now. It says the noun brace has many meanings, uh, but for English hunting, it's a pair of things. Hunting two or more bird dogs together is a brace. So I'm I'm looking for some sort of apparatus that you were talking about. Yeah, that's that's just what I always pictured. Yes. I should know this because I have a a hunting dog. I have a bird dog, an English setter, in fact. You do. Wow. What's your dog's name? Oh, her name is Radio. She freaking Radio. rules, man. Yeah, and you can't. Uh, even though we've just you know, we had her, we had her spayed, and she's a a family dog. You cannot take the bloodlust 
uh, the bird bloodlust out of those dogs, dude. All she does is sit out there and hunt for birds all day. That's the thing. And I, I'm I'm a I'm a big into fishing. Uh, she, fish are just birds of the water to her. She loves <laughs> fishing with me for sure. Amazing. Shout out to radio. Well, I am glad that you told everyone about brace that term because they will probably be hearing it a lot, especially with a lot of English commentators in MLS. Yep. And I only recently learned what that meant because I, I heard it being referenced so much during the World Cup. So I. Oh, yeah had Googled it because I was like, what is a brace in soccer? So I um, am just new to that term and I'm glad that you gave everyone that definition and we'll, we will be giving you more words of the day as the pod goes on. Very cool. Let's uh, let's head back into emails. What did you get on the uh, Soccer 101 email? Let me pull it up. And by the way, you can always reach out to us at asksoccer101 at gmail.com. That's asksoccer101 at gmail.com. So we have two questions, Moon, from two wonderful lady listeners who have questions about the rules and about uh, the officiating. So let's get into the first one. This comes from Hillary P. She says, hello, I'm relatively new to watching soccer, but I have a general grasp of the rules or so I thought. Can you explain how the second St. Louis goal in their game against Austin wasn't offsides? I thought offsides was when a player was past the second to last defenseman and the ball. It looked to me like our St. Louis player was offsides when the ball was passed to him by the Austin player, but no one ever brought up offsides. Can you explain why this is? Thank you for the clarification. Yes. Wonderful question. First of all, offsides is when the attacking player is ahead of the last defender, not the second to last defender, but the, the last defender. Now, remember, a goalie is not a defender, even though they're the defender. Uh, they're not a defender in this scenario. So uh, the if the attacker is past the last defender at the time of the pass or if they're past the ball, you, you see what I'm saying? So if the ball is past the last defender, they can be up to the line where the ball is. The only exception is if they are on their half. You can't be offsides on your own half. Now, the reason with uh, with that first goal when it was passed back from Kit Keller. Uh, if a defender is in full possession of the ball and passes the ball deliberately backwards, like no glancing or any rebounds, with the intention of passing it back to the goalkeeper and in so doing uh, passes it to an opponent, an, an opponent from the attacking team who would obviously most likely score as Klaus did, uh, that is not the attacker being in an offside position. I hope that makes sense. If there's clear intention of interfering with a play, like they're messing with the goalie or or something like that, that's a little bit different. But the attacker, attacker is not in an offside position in that instance. I hope that answers the question. Yes. Very well said, Moon. If the defenseman is passing it back to the goalie, that negates the offsides. Yes, correct. All right. Good explanation. Let's get to our next email. This one comes from Julie. She says, hey, I'm new to soccer and really loving the podcast and your gentle exposure to the world of MLS. I would really love some insight into how the game is reft, especially with concern over how the players are congregating during during corner kicks. I think this happened twice when the ref was breaking players up on the field. This ref seemed to almost be a featured player in the game, and I'd love to learn more about what he was trying to regulate during the penalty kicks 
as well as what is the overall feeling about players taking dives and overreacting to injuries to garner calls in their favors. I have to say, as a very casual soccer fan, just now getting into St. Louis's team, I don't want our players to be those guys who dive at every win that knocks them over and they cry like a baby. We seem to demonize Scarpetti for those tactics and Charlotte's constant hounding of the refs. Is this a legit style of play? So a couple different points there, Moon. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because unfortunately a lot of the diving and all that was was really prevalent in the last couple decades because it became such a style of play. There was even, uh, I believe the Italian national team was caught um, practicing diving and all that before a World Cup. Now, this is a few years before VAR came in with the, the virtual uh, referee, you know, the, the cameras and the playback and that being an actual part of a referee's decision uh, or, you know, with a, an additional referee. Um, so I think that's helping phase a little bit of that kind of stuff out. But yeah, it became a part of the play with the diving and all that because you could fool a ref into a often, a very often, you know, game turning uh, penalty or uh, or or free kick. So I'm I'm seeing that being phased out. The MLS is moving really quick. Our team is moving really quick. So even just going again, just thinking about this uh, from a St. Louis City SC standpoint. Bradley Carnell, our coach, uh, wants everything to be moving fast. Tons of pressure, tons of speed. Get, go, ball, go, 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 go. So he's not going to want a player that's not hurt to be staying down trying to pull out some sort of yellow or or an additional uh, penalty or something like that. It's going to go against the style of play for our team and for our coach. So I don't see us having to worry about having the crybabies on our team trying to take advantage of that uh, with, with referees. Going back to the corner kick thing, um, a referee is getting in there because players are jockeying for position. These are big, strong dudes that are pulling jerseys and they're pushing and they're trying to get in positions to really throw people off. There's a lot of jockeying, jockeying, jockeying. You also can't interfere with the, the with the goaltender. So a lot of stuff going on in there. And sometimes it just gets a, a bit too much for particular referees. And they have to go in there and kind of uh, sheriff the scenario a little bit just to kind of put some authority on it so it doesn't get out of control. Does it often feel like the 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 referee is is too much a part of a game yeah it can but i wouldn't say that that's a big worry um sometimes in those really heated matches and in those really heated rivalries that'll get really chippy and a, and, a, and a ref almost has to be a little bit overbearing or seemingly overbearing just to make sure the game doesn't get out of control and we have people fighting or going in studs up trying to hurt people um so yeah it, it can it can be a bit annoying i saw i'm assuming she's talking about this last match uh, yes. which which on TV, maybe it seemed like it was breaking things up when the ref had to go in there and break people up. Um, you'll see that maybe not as much as that match. Uh, but but watch, like watch what those guys are doing, man. They're really trying to like use their body and their strength. They're not just standing there waiting for a ball to float in. It's a big deal. It's 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 a big deal. But it's just such an exciting sport. And I encourage anybody and everybody to to secondary market or beg your friends that have season tickets to let you, you know, t have them take you to a match because it is electrifying in City Park. One more thing about uh, Julie's comment about City having players that dive and how she's hoping that they don't do that. Everything we've heard from Lutz, from Coach Carnell, and from the players is about how they want the, the identity of City to match the identity of St. Louis. And they talk about St. Louis being a hardworking, blue-collar town and that they want to put a product on the field that not only represents St. Louis, but that the St. Louis sports fan would like. And I think that they're very aware that the general St. Louis sports fan isn't going to love a lot of diving and a lot of flopping. 
Yeah, I don't think that's going to fly very well. Um, now, of course, if you have somebody that's famous for doing that and you keep getting advantages, uh, you know, home hometown crowd, hometown crowds tend to forgive that until uh, until they're an enemy of yours. You know, for instance, when when a particular <laughs> player came back to to my team, uh, you know, I hated the guy for a couple of years. But as soon as we get him, we love him. I mean, think about the Blues fans like we hated Tory Krug. We hated Tory Krug. Hate. And then, whoops, we got him. And now, you know what? Hey, he ain't so bad. I kind of like that guy. I kind of like him throwing his shoulders around. Yeah. Uh, but I, there are certain players, though, that I wonder even if they came to St. Louis, if we would always hate them. Like, Tory Krug is one guy. But, like, if Bradley Marchand came to the Blues, would we embrace oh, him? Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, yeah, would he no, be one we, would we embrace? I don't no, think so. No, we would not. No, we would not. You're you're right. You're right. I just don't see us. Yeah, I, I think you you really hit the the nail on the head. I don't see us as a as a city. Um, as a, as a culture here with coaches and ownership groups that know the culture and that's important to, I, I don't, I don't see them letting that fly. So we'll be fine. So thank you, Hillary and Julie for your emails. We'll get to more emails next week. One more time, ask soccer one one at gmail.com. Well, moon, as I said before, two games, two victories. We have another game on Saturday city versus Portland. We're going to be back to talk about it next week, but until then all for city go. Thank <laughs> you.